Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. Happy New Year, everyone. Today, we've got a special episode where we are doing January previews, all of the shows that are coming out this month, stuff we're excited about, stuff maybe you will be excited about. And I will admit, I'm going in pretty blind. Jess did a lot of the the legwork on this one, so it's like TV Christmas for me. I get to hear about all the new shows that are coming out. Is that fun that you haven't heard of these before? I feel like that would be more fun. You will. I'm excited to hear. I'm, I I want to know which ones I have heard of and which ones have totally missed me in marketing, like that I'm excited to watch now after doing this list, but that I would not have known about otherwise. Yeah, it is fun to put these lists together, but it can be also exhausting. And so maybe next month we swap roles. Absolutely, so this month, yeah, yeah for the... For the listeners to explain, I'm going to read, I'm going to go through chronologically. So everything that's coming out in January from January 1st to January 30th. I have no idea how many days there are in January. As I was 31. saying, I panicked. Are there 31? <laughs> there are 31, but I, I applaud the effort. <laughs> that was scary. I will be reading the synopses and then Jenny will react the synopses. So in theory, she may have heard them before and there may be some new ones. And we actually had a listener uh, suggest this format for our for one of our episodes. So thank you to that person. And we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be fun. Yay. All right. I'm going to start with, so it is January 2nd as we film this, but I'm going to start with January 1st. So this one actually is already out. Although I'm curious if even given that, if you've even heard of it, <laughs> okay. this one is called Fool Me Once, and it is on Netflix. I will read the synopsis. It okay. is an adaptation of a Harlan Coben book. I know you know him at least. Yes. Uh, and it's, a family has been shaken by two murders. Maya Stern watches security camera footage of her house and sees her murdered husband, Joe, back as an intruder. Meanwhile, her niece and nephew are trying to find the truth about the murder of their mother, and they see possible connections between the two cases. Had not heard of it. Honestly, when you said fool me once, all I could think of was that old vine, or was it maybe it was a TikTok of the girl being like, fool me twice. Why? Oh my God, that's so mean. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. As soon as you said it was an old vine, I was like, I'm not going to know it. I somehow missed like literally all of this. Oh my God, why? <laughs> um, sorry. So no, I had not. I sort of blacked out as soon as you said fool me once. Um that sounds more up your alley than mine, but maybe not even not up your alley. I'm not sure. Um, I'm excited for Harlan Coben fans. They're getting a lot of content. Yeah, he has. I guess he had this deal with Netflix that was like, there have actually been a lot of Harlan Coben adaptations on Netflix. When I actually looked yeah. at the list, I hadn't even heard of like most of them. So they're just, they're out there. They're happening. I don't know if people are watching them. I, they're all... British. So I'm wondering if like the marketing push is happening there and not here. Like all of the adaptations huh. have been, oh, sorry, except for the prime video one that, that you actually saw some of from this last yeah. year. Um, but all the other ones, all the Netflix ones have been British productions, British actors. So maybe that's why they're not as popular here. But the, I like some of Harlan Coben's books, but I just feel like they're very sort of like rinse and repeat. And in that way, they can be like comforting. Yeah. But like, I was going to say a lot of thrillers, a lot of those types of books are like people want what they want. They want that, like, there's a mystery. It's solved throughout 300 pages or whatever it is. So I, I get that. Um, 
Yeah, like the James I, yeah. Patterson, Jeffrey Deaver writers of exactly. the world. Yes. I The unfortunate thing about this one is that I read the first like 80 pages like six years ago and gave up, which for me is like oh. unheard of. Like I never don't finish books, but I am watching this. I'm four okay. episodes in. Wow. Okay. Because you feel like you need to be or because it's still interesting yes. after four episodes? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, because I feel like I should and there's nothing else coming out until January 4th, which brings me to my next one if we're ready to move on. Can I ask one final question about this before we move on? Um, did you happen to see if Charlotte Coben is, has, a writing, has a writing credit on this show or no? I did not catch. If so... Fun fact, Charlotte Coben actually was in my freshman year hall um, at college. And so I met her and she is very funny. And I always thought that maybe she'd be a writer someday. And she's worked on a couple of her dads. Her dad is Harlan Coben. I feel like I should have said that. They have the last name. Maybe connected the dots. Um, she's worked on a couple of her dad's other projects. And it's very cool to see just like her name attached to these projects. Anyway, January 4th, you may move on now. <laughs> January 4th, also on Netflix. This one is called The Brother's Son. And the synopsis is, when the head of a Taiwanese triad is shot by an assassin, his eldest son, Charles, heads to LA to protect his mother and brother, who's been completely sheltered from the truth of his family until now. The eldest boy? The grammar in that was not great, but <laughs> his eldest boy. <laughs> Um, that sounds right up my dad's alley. <laughs> it doesn't sound like something either of us would watch, which is no. unfortunate because it stars Michelle Yeoh and I love her. Ooh, yeah. It does. Yeah, it doesn't sound like something I would pick up myself, but it definitely sounds like something I would suggest to my dad, like I just said, and wind up watching in the room with him and wind up getting sucked in. It doesn't sound uninteresting. I just need a reason to sort of get into it. But okay, so far I'm not I'm not like jumping out of my seat excited about these January previews, but we're only two in, so. Oh, I meant to say that earlier. I was going to guess if there are any that you'll actually be excited about. And I would say there is one. So I would lower your expectations for this, but maybe two. Okay, two out of how many? Well, how many are we going through? 13 or so? 12? 12, 13? That is a low percentage. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I am excited about like four of them, which is not terrible. Oh. I mean, that's not that's not terrible. 30% rather than <laughs> than 50. If we're going off of if we're going off of stuff that like I will watch, and granted I try to watch everything, but like stuff that I'm not really mad that I have to watch. I'd say it's mm -hmm. like 11. Like most of these sound fine. Oh. I okay. am just personally like actually excited about like four of them. So it's, yeah, it doesn't look like fair. a bad month. Okay, cool, cool, cool. The thing with The Brother's Son is like a show like this, like an action-packed sort of like family drama with crime leanings. It's not my thing. I need a reason to turn it on. Michelle Yeoh for me is that reason. And so mm. I'm cautiously optimistic that it won't be garbage. A little bit bummed that it's a Netflix show because – that doesn't give me like the best optimism, the most optimism, but it could go either way. The good news there, unless I'm wrong with this, are all of the episodes going to be available at once? Or are they trying to do a Bridgerton thing where they release one a week? 
for like no, half I think half this is something. all of them. That's that's kind of nice. You can just sort of sit down and knock them all out. Yeah, for a show like this, imperative. Oh, I also forgot to mention this was created by Brad Falchuk, who you might not recognize that name, but Ryan Murphy, I'm sure you do recognize. Sure, he sure. is the co-creator along with Ryan Murphy. Brad and Ryan created American Horror Story, Glee, Pose, all those shows were like the two of them. Uh, This is not a co-creation. This is just Brad. But I wonder if it'll feel like those shows at all because I feel like they do have like a distinct sort of campy, over-the-top vibe in all of those. Ryan Murphy got really the fame out of that partnership. I feel like everyone knows Ryan Murphy's name. (laughs) Why is that? Why don't we know Brad (laughs) Falchuk? I don't know. Brad the third one, also January 4th on Netflix, is called Boy Swallows Universe. And this is a book adaptation. It is a coming-of-age limited series based on the semi-autobiographical novel of the same name by Trent Dalton. The story revolves revolves revolves. Why, why <laughs> was that hard to say? Around Eli Bell, a working class youth who enters Brisbane's underworld to save his mother from danger. I hear That's um, Australia. Is that what I hear from, from Brisbane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think actually it is an Australian production. So that, I mean, that, that makes you excited. That my interest. Yeah, other than that, I, I, a lot of these that are like coming of age stories, I feel like synopses don't often do them justice. A lot of them have so much to do with the vibe of, of how they're doing the storytelling and how the acting is. And so... I would check this out. I'm not, um, yeah. I, was this one of the ones that you thought I would be excited about? Because I don't think I would go that far. No, I totally agree that when it's just a sort of straightforward drama that's described as a coming of age story, like you don't really know anything about it until you watch it. Right. I guess there are some like people the premise who just, like, gives you like nothing. Yeah. I'm sure there are some people who hate coming of age stories for whatever reason. And they just like always think like, oh, it's just going to be a drama. I don't want that. I want, you know action and adventure and like that's not really this but other than that it's hard to get anything more from that that description the only other factoid is that phoebe tonkin co-stars do you oh, know i do love is? her yeah isn't she, she I, I mean so. Cleo. <laughs> that was terrible <laughs> she is australian and she was in h2o that like kids show and she i think her either her oh, name that's was Cleo. she was in or she said Cleo a lot because she's the one that everyone does the like, oh no, the condensation. And then she's also was in, <laughs> she was also in the Vampire Diaries like toward the end or maybe the originals. One of that spinoff series. I know she was in there. She's also like a Reformation Wait, model. why do I know her then? Oh, I mean, she's been in other things too. She is gorgeous, which might be the only reason I know her. I saw her once and was fixated but <laughs> I could have oh you know what it has to have been the originals yeah like you said the Vampire Diaries spinoff she's some kind of like wolf or something spoiler alert I don't know I that could be totally wrong I have no idea well wait that's I was gonna say I thought she was in Teen Wolf but she wasn't I, so it must have then, been like her character in the Vampire Diaries yeah she must be some kind of wolf or something um she also I think I think I said this, or maybe this is just in my mind. No, I'm fairly sure. Roll the tape back. Um, that she's also like a Reformation uh, spokesperson or something. So you probably have also seen her in ads, like all over the place. Hmm. That was my final. I, that did, yeah. doesn't ring a bell. 
but okay. perhaps she is gorgeous. I I really like her, and that's it's funny to realize that I actually have like seen her in basically nothing, but thought I liked her anyway <laughs> enough to write it down in my notes. I wrote down, "Yay, Phoebe Tonkin's in this one." <laughs> so who knows? That I'll probably watch. Yeah, that makes me think maybe this is uncharitable to Phoebe Tonkin, but that does make me think that this show will be like a little bit more soapy than I was initially anticipating. I don't know if that's fair. Is that maybe just she's trying she's to branch out? Been a, she's been in CW shows, that's why? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but you never know. People grow. You never know. Yeah, and maybe she's maybe she specifically is trying to do something away from that. I'm I will watch this. Nope. No questions asked. Excited to hear your thoughts. This might be one that I will wait for your thoughts, but I, I'll i say that maybe I'll watch it, but I, I would rather watch The Brother's Son on January 4th than Boy Swallows Universe. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. We then go about one week into the future. On January 10th, we get Echo. Do you know what this is? I you don't, don't even know, know what maybe. this is. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> I'm laughing because it's the newest Marvel series. And I thought maybe oh. you'd heard of it because <laughs> I thought maybe you'd heard of it though, because it was supposed to come out last year in like, I don't know, September, October, something like that. And then they just pushed the whole release, I think, due to the strike so that they can like oh. market it. Yeah, I mean, you know how how much I pay attention to the Marvel release dates. <laughs> I know, but keep a show radar <laughs> spreadsheet. I thought maybe you'd like looked at it, noticed it. I probably did anything about pro- it. Echo is also such a nondescript name. It's just like the one word. It's like you're frozen. It's like you're whatever. Like, frozen is now iconic. That was a bad example, but could be anything. <laughs> um, no, sure. I was not. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what it's about, even though it will mean very little to you. Uh, following the events of Hawkeye, which was a series, a Marvel series, if you didn't know. Did you know? I know Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye. (laughs) There was a series. That's the extent of my knowledge. Okay. So so yeah, there was a Hawkeye series. I actually liked it. It has Haley Steinfeld in it and I love her. She's great. So following the events of the events that happened in that show in New York City, Maya Lopez is being pursued by Wilson Fisk's organization, leading her to return to her hometown in Oklahoma, where she must come to terms with her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace her family and community. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Maya Lopez is the titular character. Like, she's the lead in the show. Is Echo her nickname? I should have brushed up but it's something like that uh she's in hawkeye as a side character like a not even not even that important um but wilson fisk the other guy named in this little blurb is also in hawkeye but also also in daredevil did you ever watch that like year uh, that's you know that one's like years ago old yes i know of it but i also did not watch that i apologize to both Uh, you and the community (laughs) I actually, I, Daredevil's good. I mean, I know you're not I really into any of it, it, but like that one is quality. Ooh, okay. uh, and so that one is not a Mar- an MCU show. It was one of the like Netflix shows in the Marvel. Like they had these characters from Marvel, but it, they didn't fit into the MCU the way like everything else does now. 
Gotcha. Uh, so I don't really know if this Wilson Fisk like connects directly to that Wilson Fisk story-wise or if it's supposed to be like the same character but different takes. Um, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this because Wilson Fisk was an interesting character um, in Daredevil. And I, I remember him popping up in Hawkeye, although I I mean, I saw Hawkeye when it came out and I don't remember <laughs> a lot of it. I, I'll watch this. I've been very underwhelmed by the last like three Marvel shows. So I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I will be watching it. What do you think Marvel would have to do? I guess I guess I already have an answer to this question, but it seems like they're just churning out stuff and they're the, like the Marvel mantra is like more is more is more is better is more rather than like quality is more. <laughs> because like even you who love Marvel things have just sort of been like, yeah, nothing's really been exciting me lately. I feel like a lot of people feel I think that this way. is the million dollar question probably billion dollar question because everybody sort of is feeling that way with the new phase and basically everything that has happened since Endgame. but I think like, I don't know what they my, could do to yeah my feeling about it is Endgame, game uh, like infinity wars Endgame, game this was a huge a huge buildup and a huge culmination in the end of years of movies and characters and building up to that but if you go back to like 2008 to 2012 some of the movies were duds and some of them were good and some of them were just fine and i think that's the like that's the sort of vibe we're in right now things haven't really gotten to the point where like everything is important and good and worth watching we're just sort of getting like one-off character stories and i think they've done themselves a little bit of a disservice by having everything connect so vitally like in the past there were easter eggs and things and if you were really into it you could connect everything and you could figure it all out but you didn't have to and i think their problem right now is that they've gone too far in the post endgame world of like everything must connect and you have to watch all the shows and you have to watch everything which actually brings me to a point i forgot to mention about this show which is that they're calling it a marvel spotlight show the first thing that they're calling a marvel spotlight which is intended to mean you don't need deep MCU knowledge to watch the show. Kind of standalone. Yeah, they've started to like differentiate, which I think is potentially really good for them. Right, because I think the worst part about the Marvel Universe in my eyes is that it seems like you need so much background. Like it's it's a huge undertaking if you even want to watch one show, um, like you just mentioned. Like I'm going back to what, Iron Man and... 2005 I don't even know when Iron Man came out 2008 (laughs) like 2008 yeah my Marvel universe is from before the 2010s I would say and I think a lot has happened since then and I am scared (laughs) to know what I've missed so interesting all right maybe spotlight shows perhaps you should watch this and see as a person who isn't deep in the universe Mm, like did they do a good job like is it actually a standalone sort of show yeah I, you know what? Sure. Yes. Put it on my docket. I'm writing it down. Um, cool. Also, all of the episodes are being released at once, which is the first time they're doing that with a Marvel series. Nice. So that, like that should be easier for you. <laughs> to like ease. Cool. All right. What's the next one? The next one, also January 10th on Apple is called Criminal Record, and I'll go right into the synopsis. From BAFTA Award nominee Paul Rutman, Criminal Record is a powerful new London crime thriller starring Peter Capaldi and Kush Jumbo. 
An anonymous phone call draws two brilliant detectives into a confrontation over an old murder case. One, a young woman in the early stages of her career, the other, a well-connected man determined to protect his legacy. The series touches on issues of race, race, <laughs> race, oh my God, <laughs> I need to go back to reading class, race, institutional failure, and the quest to find common ground in a polarized Britain. So this is a, a British, oh, I said, I guess it said that already, a British mm-hmm. crime thriller. I love Peter Capaldi. Um, this is somewhat interesting to me. It is interesting to me, however, sometimes when the world is like a shitty place, I do like to hide from it and not be examining it so closely, which is what it sounds like this show is doing. But it's in Britain. It's not in yeah, I don't know. So maybe that's better. I I'm a I'm assuming you're drinking coffee, but it does look like you're drinking like a Guinness <laughs> from that glass. <laughs> with the That's foam. so funny. But it's not so it's not so early, so that's not crazy. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Um It's before noon. You can you're allowed to be upset <laughs> if I start doing that. Anyhow, I that sounds vaguely interesting to me. It's like on the cusp of I would be excited about it. I could see it being the kind of thing where I would start watching and be like, Well, this is really good or teetering off into the like, yeah. Not for me. I'm surprised. I did not think – well, I should have known because of Peter Capaldi and British. But, like, otherwise I didn't <laughs> think this would be up your alley. Yeah, it depends. It dep- it, I mean, I feel like that – it sounds more, more up my alley than things like um, – what was that Apple TV show that was, oh, like, Liaison? The spies and the – that that kind of thing, like, the extra action is way less up my alley than something that is more – it almost seems like a slower pace – um police show more about i mean what i'm getting from that short synopsis is that it's more about the relationships and the like i don't know detectiving than it will be chase chase scenes and and things like that so in that way it is more up my alley i think that sounds i would agree with your presumption i am not as interested in this one and i'll tell you why Tell me. It's because Apple sometimes makes really boring shows. Just like as a rule, I think they make some really good stuff. And then they make some stuff where you're just like, this was clearly well shot and expensive, but just for sure, simply boring. So yeah. I'm a little nervous about that. And then two, I don't know if I numbered number one when I said the first thing, but you may uh, have said second point. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I think there have been a few crime thrillers or whatever you want to call them, crime shows in the past like a year or two that have tried so hard to be like conceptual and important and like have a message and have just been really, really big disappointments. And the number one one example that I can think of off the top of my head is Class of 09. It was supposed mm. to be like a, I don't know, like a crime thriller sort of thing. And it had this like overarching point and it was just a dud, totally a dud. Was that also on Apple? No, that was an FX show, actually. Okay. So you'd yeah, think it would remember. be better. That one was a real big disappointment. And I'm kind of getting that vibe. Like, I remember reading the synopsis of Class of 09 and being like, it could be interesting. It could have something to say. This is giving me that vibe and that it's not a good thing. But I'll, I'll await your, your uh, review. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I I have had slow horses on my 
to watch list for months now um, and just haven't gotten around to it. And for maybe that's what's maybe I'm hearing your synopsis and Apple TV plus and thinking like, oh, people really love slow horses. This is also set in England and also vaguely similar. So it could be that I will I'm setting myself up for disappointment. But yeah, I'll let you know. I know you've been saying you were going to watch slow horses for weeks now. Have you started weeks? Uh, I watched one episode, but I feel like I, can, I need to, I need to get, yeah, deeper into this Low Horses universe. Anyway, they just renewed season five, which is wild. Oh, I don't understand they how they're making this show three? so fast. Yes, but they also put yeah they they just released season three. Right, season one premiered like spring twenty twenty two. So they've put out three seasons in less than two years and they're already I think they've filmed season four and now they're about to film season five I'm just how are they making this so fast why is everything else so slow but slow horses is like million miles (laughs) speed I don't Um, understand the the I mean shorter episodes is one answer or not sorry not shorter episodes shorter seasons like six episode seasons yeah um they're also going off of source material which doesn't always equate, I mean, like, look at Bridgerton, doesn't always equate to a quick turnaround time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's impressive. It doesn't. It's also It, it is. It's something. Something. Okay. January 11th on Peacock, Ted, which uh, you could probably figure out what it is, but I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, the 1990s set, yep, the 1990s set prequel to the bear movie. Uh, well, it says Seth MacFarlane's 2012 movie of the same name. Immediately no. I know, but let me read it. I know. Finds MacFarlane returning to voice the titular foul-mouthed teddy bear that came to life via a magical wish. Do you say via or via? Both. I don't know. It changes based on my mood. (laughs) Okay. Here, Ted's owner slash pal, John Bennett, is a 16-year-old played by Max Burkholder rather than Mark Wahlberg, living with his parents in Massachusetts. Ta-da! I don't want to watch that. (laughs) Don't make me watch that. Okay. I'll watch it. Don't worry. I I wouldn't say I'm excited about it. I feel very, like, fine about it. That movie was, like, very whatever to me. I didn't realize it had enough of a – oh, and I didn't watch the sequel, I'm pretty sure. I didn't realize it had enough of, like, a – rabid fan Lore. base yeah yeah the ted universe like who knew but i guess people are into it because i i said something about it on a video the other day and i was like i don't i didn't know people were excited about this or i don't know if they are and i got a lot of comments saying that people are stoked so wow i, I was interested by that i suppose i'm not as plugged into the ted loving community as i could have been. i know i wonder what the demographic that is excited is it seems like it must be our age or older but who knows it it has to be because the movie came out in 2012 and for you to have been old enough i think it's rated r to like it has to be our Mm -hmm. age or or like a little older so so maybe like yeah 28 to 38 year old men i'll say it (laughs) i I think it's probably my guess which is fine i didn't dislike the, the movie's fine it's not good it's not good but it's not bad it was like whatever uh so I just didn't know we were, like, fiending for some extra TED content. Yeah, we definitely aren't, but I guess some are. (laughs) 
<laughs> we okay, can move the next right one along from this. Is my I am this is my most excited for one. I'm really excited to share it with you. I'm sure you've heard. They are making the next or they've made the next true detective. Ooh, and this I did one is this, called yes. Night Country. And they actually have been marketing this one, unlike probably everything else on this list. Uh, so this is technically season four of True Detective, although, as you know, but I'll state anyway, it's an anthology series, so you don't have to watch seasons one through three if you haven't before to be able to watch this. It comes out January 14th on Max, and this one is an Alaskan set mystery, which finds detectives played by Jodie Foster and Callie Rias investigating the sudden disappearance of all eight scientists working at an Arctic research facility. Um, also of note, Christopher Eccleston is in this. So we've got a lot of past doctors on this list. Yeah, wow. Also, Jodie Foster. Hello. Jodie Foster. What a win. TV debut? No, it must not be. It might be. I don't know if she's, I mean, yeah, she's definitely a movie star. I don't, although every movie star is now a TV star in the year 2024. Right. Cool. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I, I will say, I mean, that sounds like more exciting than a lot of the other things that you've said so far. But that being said, you are much more the true detective person than I am. So I'm happy for you, but also cool to know that yeah. that will be around. <laughs> that makes sense. I I will also add, I'm very slightly nervous just because season one of True Detective is like literally a masterpiece. Uh, season two, I didn't even finish. And then I heard season three was yeah. not very good and I didn't even try. So I'm like, well, maybe this is their return to form, but it could be also not good if you go by the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Bringing in a whole new fresh set of people. I mean, I know they did that with every one, but could could mean good yeah. things. Okay. The next one is my other, like this one and True Detective are the ones I'm most excited about. I think you will be interested in this if if not okay. super excited it is called death and other details have you heard no true okay. detective is the so, only one so far that i've been like oh yeah yes i've seen yeah. marketing for this i also think it will be the only one of the rest of the list if wow. i had to guess okay but all right january weird this one's weird because okay so this comes out on hulu january 16th there's no trailer yet and it's january 2nd which is not like super unheard of a couple weeks is like pretty short notice but i've seen it happen uh but i am anxiously awaiting a trailer however by the synopsis alone it does sound very much up my alley so originally ordered to series as career opportunities in murder and mayhem uh, they changed the name this 10 episode hulu original follows a knives out-esque murder mystery on a luxury mediterranean mm -hmm. cruise ship Mandy Patinkin heads the cast as Detective Rufus Coatsworth alongside Violet Bean, Rahul Kohli, I love him, Lauren Patton, Hugo Diego Garcia, and Angela Zhao. The first two episodes stream and then it'll be released weekly. This is so up my alley. Oh, I would watch this just for Mandy Patinkin, but I also like the idea of another Knives Out, especially because Glass Onion did not do it for me. And so if there's something that is along those lines, but better, yeah, totally. I'm in. I had a feeling Mandy Patinkin would do it for you. Obviously, the Knives Out murder mystery, the locked door murder mystery is like, mm -hmm. give me any locked door murder mystery and I will be <laughs> seated. That is like probably my number <laughs> one genre. Yes. 
and add Manny Patankin and Rahul Kohli. Oh my gosh, like heart eyes, heart eyes. I'm so excited. I also feel like based on some of the stuff I've read, it could be, I mean, Knives Out already has a bit of like jaunty energy to it, but I'm wondering if it's even more going to be like an Only Murders type vibe. I'm, but I don't have a trailer, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Manny Patinkin, I mean, has done a lot actually. I was going to say feels more like there are some lighter elements to the stuff he's in, but I, that's, that's false. He's, he's done such a breadth of things that I, it could go any, in any direction. I'm excited. And like I said, Knives Out is still like light enough. It's not like, yeah, like Mandy Patinkin famously quit Criminal Minds for it being like too depressing and horrible. But this doesn't yeah. sound, I mean, it's called Death and Other Details. That's already like kind of a silly A mouthful name. and a silly name. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Anything that like touches clues energy, I am about. <laughs> and I know that you Unless it's you still only don't. murders in the building. <laughs> But it had, yeah, but that could go even deeper in and chooses not to, and I don't get it. Anyway, what's next? What's next? It is uh, this miniseries that comes to us from the UK. So this already aired last year, um, but we're getting it okay. this year on Showtime, January 19th. It's called The Woman in the Wall, and it is an Ireland set <laughs> crime thriller. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. I like Ireland. I like <laughs> Let me let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah. In Ireland said crime thriller about a woman who awakes to discover a dead body in her house and she has no knowledge of how it got there or who the dead woman is. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it has the energy of like the woman who sat and lo- looked at other crimes being committed from either a train or a window or <laughs> put other random nouns in here. Um, but Okay, sure. But I think it's not that. I totally I hear you. The the girl on the train and the woman in the window. And then there was like the Kristen Bell parody of all of those movies, mm-hmm. the woman across the street from the girl in the window or whatever the heck it was. But I think yeah, that, exactly. But based on the stuff I was reading, I think this is less a like non what are the what are those all have in common it's like somebody sees a murder and the person is like an unreliable narrator and it's always a woman who like drinks too much this one Mm -hmm. is based on true events in ireland i think in like the early 1900s um i i didn't read too much into it because i like to go into these things kind of blind but there's some sort of there were like sinister things that happened but grounded in reality not so much like crazy murder mystery stuff uh, and I think that this is a crime thriller, but maybe more on the like, here's all this terrible stuff that happened to women in like the early 1900s in Ireland. And here's how it's like manifesting in somebody's psyche. So I'm, that's, that's Yikes. my kind of take is that it's less like Gone Girl, more like yeah. a sort of ruminative, slow Irish drama. All right. Yeah. I'm not saying I would have chosen a different name than a woman in the wall, but maybe I, maybe I would have. Just it's funny, because I didn't it calls even back. Connect that. It totally yeah, does. Yeah, as soon as you said it, it sounds like all of those. But yeah, that sounds potentially better. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I I would prefer a woman at the window, girl on the train <laughs> situation rather than whatever this is. But Applauding I heard it was good. Psychological. Yeah. Okay. From people who have already seen it in the UK, I heard it was I heard it was worth a watch. So. Showtime, people who have Showtime, uh, add that one maybe to your calendars. And all right, the next one, 
January 25th on Netflix is called Griselda. And this Why does that stars- sound familiar? I was going to say, I feel like you may have heard of this one. It stars Sofia Vergara. So she's, I feel like there have been like at least posters of like her face. Uh, so she plays a, it's a true story or like based on a true story. She plays Colombian drug kingpin Griselda Blanco, uh, set mainly in Miami in the 1970s and 80s. So she is, it's, it's like a TV biopic about a drug lord who was a, a scary lady in Miami in the 80s. Cool. I like that it's being made. I don't necessarily want to watch it. Is that a fair thing to say? I particularly don't care, but this is just not really my type of thing. Yeah. I never got into Narcos. I never got into any of the... I mean, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't I think of Breaking Bad if we're just enough, naming you know what I mean. drug shows, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, I don't love biopics. Just like not... Some of them are good, but generally, like, nah, I don't get, like, super excited about it. I feel like I'd rather watch a documentary if I'm just going to, like, learn about somebody. Um, but maybe Sophia Vergara does, like, a really cool take on her. Like, a maybe it's a performance that's noteworthy. And for that, I would watch it. Yeah. 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 Not totally discounting. Just not totally in my alley. Okay. Have there been – you've had zero so far, right, that have been, like, you're actually excited about? No, um, Mandy Patinkin, murder mystery. Um, but yeah, no, nothing. I mean, other than that, I would say one. Okay, and then others okay. that I've been I'd sort of like two. vaguely interested in. I think we're on track for my original guess because I I think there's one coming okay. that you'll. I don't like. I said I don't think any of these are like jumping up and down with joy because none of them are um, period drama romances. But all right, all there's right. There's one more. <laughs> One more or like Australian like. comedies slash British sisters. <laughs> yeah, there's a well, yeah, I guess that's the real crux of it is there's really like no comedies. I mean, Ted. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think we're it's not not your not your month. Uh, it's no. definitely not going to be this next one. This next one uh, comes to us via Paramount Plus on January 25th. It's called Sexy Beast. Uh, which Ooh. is the long gestating series prequel to the acclaimed 2000 film of the same name. Acclaimed by who? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> this sexy beast is set in 1990s East London and centers on the early relationship between friends and thieves, Gal and Don. Um, but the girl from Bad Sisters is in it, and it was adapted which for one? television by... Somebody who wrote for The Sopranos, Michael Kaleo. Uh, Sarah Green is the actress's name. She played the okay. BB, I think was the character. The She had an eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she's Interesting. a mess. Um, and so those that's the two selling points right at the end. And otherwise, I don't really know what to make of this. I haven't seen the movie. Um, yeah. You saying this sexy beast was funny enough in itself. <laughs> um, You're welcome. But yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I don't know how to feel about that. I will, I'll reserve any judgment. That's it. I'll reserve any judgment. There we go. Yeah, that's fair. I, you know, what's interesting is I hate the name and I've never, I haven't seen the original movie. However, mm. the premise alone doesn't sound bad. Like nineties vibes right. in East London, just some people getting up to mischief, like maybe good. Yeah. Sounds just 
just crazy enough and like mundane is the wrong word, but like just enough lack of information to be like, oh, maybe it's just like a vibesy time. Um, I agree. Sexy beast. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I Again, I, like I said, I, I don't have anything more to say, so I should just stop talking because I'm just going to keep babbling. I very much just don't like the name. I don't like saying it. I don't like that that's mm-hmm. what it's called, but I get that it's the movie name, so whatever. Okay. Sure. Masters of the Air is the next one, and okay. this comes to Apple TV on January 26th. Uh, I will read this slightly long synopsis. I'll try to shorten it where I can. In the early 2000s, a pair of Emmy-winning HBO miniseries, Band of Brothers and the Pacific, focused on an American infantry unit and members of several Marine units during World War II. Now comes the Air Force's turn in the spotlight in this nine-episode, $250 million or more Apple miniseries from the same producers, which includes Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. Big names. Uh, just thought I'd throw that. That was that was my commentary sure. in there. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it was adapted from Donald L. Miller's book of the same name, uh, and follows a bomber group flying dangerous missions over Nazi Germany. Features a sprawling ensemble cast led by Austin Butler, Barry Keoghan, uh, Shudi Gatwa, some other names that I don't think you'd know, and that's it. What a okay. Those names were not what I expected from the premise that you just read. But interesting. Hmm. Why? Um, well, okay. I guess Austin Butler is like making his way into drama, so maybe that's not as that's maybe that's not as um, surprising. Although, other than Elvis, like, what has he done? Well, anyway, sorry. To most of the world, that's it. And I think for those people, they'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, he's in another like hard hitting Spielberg." Uh, thing. Whereas to us, we're like, oh, that kid. <laughs> From the Disney Channel slash Nickelodeon. I can't remember which. Um, I think he was like in a couple episodes of Hannah Montana. Mm, but yeah. Yes. So, but like, again, for the rest of the world, that is like award winning Austin Butler. So you gotta, you gotta get with the times, wrap your head around that one. Yeah, I guess I, guess I have to. Um, that sounds expensive, is my take. Yeah, although, I mean, an Apple TV, like, everything, sure. they obviously just throw money at stuff. But this one has been in production for a long time. I think it was originally going to be on HBO, which makes sense because they're, like, Band of Brothers and the Pacific and this are being considered, like, all companion pieces. Uh, yeah. Like it said in the beginning of the synopsis, like, they focus on like, the infantry and then the Marines and now the Air Force, like, but all during World War II and all three are uh, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg productions. Yeah. They're not actually like connected in any other way, but like you'd think this would also be on HBO, but yeah, for some reason it moved to Apple, but this has been like 10 years in the making, this show. Then, you know, by God, I hope it's good for their sake. (laughs) Um, I would probably check this out. Especially with like Band of Brothers and the Pacific are like – noteworthy like still to right. this day considered you know amazing pieces of television back in a time yeah. where like limited series were far and few, few and far between mm-hmm. but <laughs> don't laugh I know what you're thinking <laughs> uh but I I'm excited I mean I'm awesome butler like we can make fun of him but like I, I mean 
I think he's I, excellent. I haven't seen him in Elvis. I don't have any like ill will. I just, I, yeah, my mental image of him is different. <laughs> I guess I've yeah, I mean, around that. making fun of him in a, in a plagueful way. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. not actually cr- critical of him. But Barry Keoghan, you know him, right? Yeah, yeah. He just started in Saltburn. Did you did you see Saltburn? Not yet. It's on my to watch list. Did you did you see it? Uh, I loved Saltburn. Yeah, really, yeah, it was so okay. good. I cool. feel like I, I feel like it's more my thing than your thing, but I think you'll still appreciate it. Uh, okay. And Shudigawa, love. I'm excited that he's right. in this. That's a very dramatic role for him. I was going to say, so that was the other one. I guess Austin Butler and Shudigawa, I was for the, the combo. I was like, huh, I feel like I picture them both in lighthearted things. But as we've discussed, I haven't seen Austin Butler in anything in decades. It's just been Shudigawa in more comedic roles, I guess. Lighter roles. Yeah, I think this is definitely his first like big dramatic role. So very excited for him. And like war dramas are not not always my favorite. Uh, Even when I think like they're objectively well done, I'm not like having the best time (laughs) watching them. Yeah. So that's how how I'm feeling about this one. It's like it's probably going to be good if I had to guess. I will watch it. I don't know that I'll be like thrilled every moment of it, but I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, I'll have to get into the right mindset when I watch this and like be be ready for like potential slog moments and accepting of those. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not outwardly unexcited about that one. Cool. So on the fair mid January and late January, I have two things to watch. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yep. Amazing. No, I was going to say we've uh, we've been brought to the end. This is this next one is the last one. Uh, also, January twenty sixth on Prime. It is called Expats. Expats. Why is that a weird word to say? Expats. It's one word. I'm already intrigued. <laughs> I I would have thought maybe you'd heard of this one, but no. I've heard of the word expats. I don't know. I don't know that I've heard of the show. <laughs> That's good because the way I was saying it, it suddenly felt like nobody's ever said that word out loud before. Um, okay. So Lulu Wong, uh, who did The Farewell, writes, directs, and produces this six-episode adaptation of Janice Y.K. Lee's best-selling novel, The Expatriates. Set in mm-hmm. Hong Kong in 2014, the series follows a group of foreigners whose lives intersect after a tragedy. Uh, and Nicole Kidman stars. Huh. Okay. Again, another like, um, I don't know, former, she's been in other things, but I still think of her as a movie star moving closer to television star. Um, cool. Yeah. But very famously in Big Little Lies. So I think she's very famously into the prestige miniseries, not so much like normal TV, but yeah. Fair enough. And very famously in the new miniseries that actually is just Australia recut. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm maybe not so famously on that one. <laughs> that the synopsis alone, it's it's the same as the earlier one where like it doesn't give a lot to go off of. It could be pretty good. Could also be a dud. I don't know what to think, but I don't hate the location setup. Like that sounds interesting. Um yeah. I feel like premise alone, I'd be kind of a no on this one, but I've heard like really good buzz. So far it premiered at like a couple of film festivals and stuff um, and people are excited about it. And also I really liked The Farewell. 
So the fact that this is mm-hmm. also this is Lulu Wong makes me feel like this could be like really powerful. And it is the kind of premise where you're like, well, that just told me that it's about a group of people in a place uh, yes. in a certain yeah. year. And I know nothing else. Right. But that even so, like I like <laughs> I I'm not I agree completely with what you just said. But the fact that it like I I enjoy when shows bring together seemingly disparate people and their lives intersect, which is what the synopsis said, in like interesting and cool ways. And I would expect that to be happening here. Um, So for whatever reason, that excites me, even though it's just like a small plot device, like not even it's not even not even part of the actual action. It's just like the way characters overlap kind of makes me giddy sometimes. Um, So that made me excited. But yeah, I don't no, know. Yeah. Uh I yeah, I have not heard very much about any of these shows save maybe one or two that you've mentioned. Um and I uh, that's cool. But also uh, how is anyone going to know about these unless we tell them, which is why we're here. Where is all the marketing? I do think that's kind of where we've gotten to as a society. There's just a lot of TV, a lot of TV. A lot of it's not very good. Some of it's good and nobody hears about it. And that's what our job is, I guess. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just making a case for people to listen to us, I guess. Exactly. Proving our existence. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It is, it is odd to me that there is so little marketing going on as a whole. Yeah. And then I am always surprised when people know about shows because like, for as plugged in as I am, a lot of these I had to like search, like go on, you know, like Prime's PR page, Apple's PR page. Yeah. And then there's stuff there where I'm like, oh, this is news to everyone. Yeah. So, uh, it's just bizarre. Yeah. And I found it weird even when talking to you, so, like I've had ads for certain things that you have not and vice versa based on just the algorithms knowing what we're interested in. Um, so I'm sure there are people out there getting TED advertisements and <laughs> they've just not been targeted at us but i would like to do a study on that someday like uh, are any of these shows ha- being marketed in any meaningful way or is it truly just like it's so sectioned off that that we wouldn't see them even if they were um that's just the a only one question. that i've seen oh i was about to answer uh but if it was rhetorical <laughs> i don't have to but i was gonna say the only one that i've seen anything for in the wild as they say um is true detective uh, yeah, same. Maybe Griselda, but like if it was that, if it was Griselda, it was like a poster somewhere in New York or something like that. It it wasn't a trailer. Yeah, and that's especially weird given like Masters of the Air and Expats are both expensive Should shows. Be. Like Apple spent a lot of money on Masters of the Air, and Prime spent a lot on Expats. So like, where are the ads? Yeah, that's so surprising. That's that's like a. Maybe they spent too much on the show itself and didn't didn't leave enough marketing money. But no, so they weird. they could clearly be doing like using their own ad space on Apple products on whatever. Um, yeah, it's really strange. Okay, a lot of shows, like you said. How many do you think you will actually enjoy? Like, what percentage would you say you will give a net positive rating to? I, like I said, I think I'm excited about like three or four. Mm -hmm. 
I would expect with this number of shows and sort of what I know about them that like maybe two of them end up being actually like recommends from me. Yeah. Yeah. I sounds, sounds similar for me. I would say maybe like <laughs> the majority would probably be no's. Um, maybe like 30% would be meh. And then maybe two. I'm expecting two to actually be pretty good, but I hope that, that I'm wrong. I hope that there are some sleeper hits, but cool. I'm uh, glad I to agree. actually have stuff to watch. I know. Oh, thank goodness. January and then February's yeah. got a bunch more and February sees the return of our favorite shows. Abbott comes back. Ghosts comes back. That is exciting. I I'm so stoked for my little network comedies to come back. Ugh. Okay, you have to turn so off happy. your eyes, though, because if I'm doing the preview for February, you can't know all of the things that are coming back already. So just I already put in, in all the stuff into the <laughs> into the radar. So I mean, maybe I'll just keep maybe okay. we'll just keep up doing it because I I always will know. That's just I can't turn That's that off. True. Fair enough. Um, at least maybe I could do the synopsis. We, do, we can do this uh, admin stuff offline. Thank you for listening to our January preview. Like we said, we'll be doing one for February and one for March because there's a lot coming up. So stick around for those. Um, and if you haven't, you could definitely give our podcast a review. You could subscribe to our newsletter where we do weekly TV recommendations and uh, reviews of all the stuff that we talk about on our podcast. So that's doubletake.substack.com, DBL take substack.com see you next time find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode thank you for listening to double take if you like what you heard please support us by subscribing and leaving a review see you next time the double take podcast is produced by jess ball and me jennifer cullen 